Hello and welcome to another episode of Ramble On that is also another episode of Fantasy Five Aside. We're crossing the streams. I'm joined by um, Pete, the beef boy, Donaldson. <laughs> big beef too, yep. big beefy boys in one room. Yep, they've crossing decided streams. to make us have more beef. We, uh, <laughs> we don't cross streams. We um, point our uh, tinkles at directly at each other's tinkles <laughs> and it makes like a massive shower. It yeah. makes a real mess. Like we don't when, cross it. We just do it. It's stream versus stream. Only one can win. Like two Hadoukens hitting exactly, each other. Exactly. It cancels each other out. Yeah. We don't know where the piss goes. No. Another dimension. It's quantum yeah. physics. It's not a problem. With Jim and Pete piss. Yeah. It's not Hi, everyone. It up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, obviously it's very well known that we have beef. Even Beeps. though we uh, are the chip shop boys. Yeah, we're the two. have lived above chip shops for the... No one else has a gang, do they? No, we're the chip shop boys. We're the greasy, greasy greasers. <laughs> we're the greasy fish boys. Fish boys. So, yeah, um, I've, I've been tasked with... Um, just, just, yeah, by myself. <laughs> yeah, by myself. I've been tasked by myself. Of, of, self flagellation at this point, isn't it? Yeah, it Welcome is. Me. Very much, very much so, Pete. <laughs> I mean, with all the love in the world, um, I've been tasked by myself with, with hearing your 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 all time favourite Newcastle five aside team. If you yeah. could be the player manager of that team, mm. who would those beautiful boys be, and and why? So how? So I pick four players apart from myself. Five players. Five this always players. throws people because right. it's, I'm thinking with two subs. You're the player manager. Yeah. Um, and then you've got your non-footballer sub. I'm, I'm Brian Robson. It, it, yeah, that's the You're thing. Pete Donaldson. I'm I want Pete. to make it very clear. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. So I could put Brian Robson on with me, Captain Marvel. Um, if, did he play for Newcastle? No, no. Oh, no, we, no. we're doing Newcastle theme. Oh, I so mean, do yeah, yeah, I mean, yes, you can, okay, right, yeah. you can, you can do, do a full one if you want. Well, look, I mean, but... look, yeah, look, look, all right, let, let's stick to Newcastle players. And Newcastle is quite unique in that they have had so many weird signings all, yes. over the years, and certainly in my lifetime. Before... I started before I started supporting Newcastle United. Obviously, you had, you had like Super Mac and people like that. You know these these strikers and footballers that were, were excellent. They stayed for quite a while, but then you still had like Mirandinas, people like that. Yeah. Those kind of like weird like, signings. Louis Saha was there for <laughs> yes, a bit. Yes, yes, yes. So many of those. They left, came back. You know, obviously played for Everton a few other sides, but yeah, it was. We'll sort of see. We've had several De Jongs. Some sometimes their lungs will burst. Yeah, um, I think one of the De Jongs is lung collapsed. I think. I, th- I think it was Luke. I can't remember. Yeah. One of the De Jongs, uh, he was going to be the, the, the next big thing. We do have a the capacity to um, ruin promising uh, youngsters. We do yes. have a capacity, for, but but as long as they can get out of town, as long as they can get out of Dodge, get to Spurs, get to Arsenal, get somewhere safe before they uh, come to uh, fruition, uh, they're, they're usually all right. But I'm going to go for Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy. my God. Jeremy. A, a great example. I forgot he was even at Newcastle. Just more footballers that you just sort of don't think about. He was so slow. So slow. And he was um, Allardyce's captain, I believe, uh, at times. And he his, uh, his uh, he, he, he didn't seem willing to talk to his, his co-conspirators. He was really slow. He got played out on the wing a few times. Yeah. It's such a weird thing. He, he he never looked like he was in any sort of urgency to get around the pitch. No. But fives, smaller pitch, smaller issues. Yeah, that's probably smaller true. Smaller needs. Was he, um, it, presumably he was coming towards the end of his career when he went to Newcastle. I don't think he was that old, to be honest. He, I don't. I, I think he was still a, a, a viable uh, option, I think. And I, I think they spent a bit of cash on him. Again, I, this is... The the problem with trying to remember anything about Newcastle United is kind of like clouded by so many years of just weird and strange decisions mm-hmm. mixed in with the odd highlight. But it's always a highlight that's mired in kind of like, oh, well, he could have been good. 
your Ben Arthurs and, yeah. and you know the season you had with Johan Kabar, the decent season we had, well, two seasons we had with Johan Kabar and and uh, and people like that. So it is it is a little bit difficult, but yeah, I could see Jeremy just kind of marshalling. That's all he ever seemed to do was marshal. That's really important, though, isn't it? In five, <laughs> In five aside, aside, you, yeah. you got to have someone who will take the responsibility to mm. do the kind of more boring bits. Yeah, but he'll never shout at a. He's not. He's not having my captain's armband because he'll never shout at the keeper. We've got two keepers, by the way. I've decided we're, <laughs> we're going we're to do two keepers. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, so I love that you've picked a player. Yeah. who you're really frustrated by <laughs> in reality. That's what football's all about, frustrated isn't it? with in, in your projected idea of how this would go. Exactly, exactly. Look, you, you, you get your kicks where you can with uh, Newcastle. You get your kicks where you can with football. And you just, if you want to get upset, that's that's part of it, isn't it? Mm. That's, that's what we all pay the ticket price for. Um, <laughs> but don't abuse players. That's, that's naughty. Um, the, Newcastle United, right? They lost... David Ginola and Les Ferdinand to Spurs. Uh, horrifying. Horrifying situation. Um, and they needed replacements. In comes, a little while later, Ian Rush and John Barnes. <laughs> Just like... You forget, like... You forget your Sol Campbells, you forget your Ian Rushes, you forget, you forget your Stuart Pierces, you forget your John Barnes, you forget that they ever played for Newcastle because... And I cannot stress this enough. John Barnes was 33 when he arrived. Yeah. And Ian Rush was 35. 35. Ian Rush, a man whose game was very much based on pace. Yeah. 35 years young. You for, again, you forget both of those players were there, as you say. Yeah. But like when you, when you spell it out like that, in, in terms of who they were <laughs> replacing, but unless Newcastle had access to some sort of like, I don't know, Euthening gun, like, <laughs> euthening gun. Like, how is it ever going to work? I don't know. But it's it. Yeah, it's one of the situations. Obviously, um, Shearer was injured for for a season. They tried to get Les Van back, and it was a little bit later, obviously. But uh, it just made me laugh that I'm not saying that they were directorate replacements, but around about that time, they thought they went from Damaginella and Les Ferdinand to. Uh, uh, Ian Rush and John Barnes incredible oh, John some... Barnes looked like he was smuggling uh, a basketball under his shirt yeah. he, he was he was a little bit heavy let's say uh, and Ian Rush I cannot stress it enough was 35 when he yeah. was I'm sure he tried his best <laughs> I'm sure but... <laughs> he did try his best Ian Rush talks a good uh, a good sort of way in, uh, he talks I heard him interviewed on um, Alice James and uh, John Robbins' show uh, a few weeks ago and he talks um, about uh, he think he could probably get on. He could probably, if he played now, he'd probably still be able to score the goals that he did. And, and there is a bit of like lunacy for for a footballer who who, as I said, joined Newcastle United at thirty five. Uh, you know, played all that. and couldn't do that. Um, his his game was obviously you know built on pace and stuff like that. And he said he'd probably fit in quite well in the modern sides. And I would just like one time to hear an ex-Liverpool footballer say there is no way I would ever be able to play football even a year after I retired. Because yeah. A, I've proved that I can't. B, look at look at how tactically uh, intelligent people are. Yeah. Look how different defenders are. Look how different the game is. It's just so different. He had a great career. He played abroad. He played in Italy. He, he, he had a great a career. But uh, Ian Rush, I think, uh, talks a good game about be, be, mm. still being able to rock it. 58. Is he 58? He's 58, and he's claiming that he could still score the goals that he scored. I no, mean, I'm not unless saying he means that, like, like the punchy tapping ones. Like, <laughs> yes. even then, 
Well, he did have that kind of rep as a, as a kind of like six yard six yard kind of specialist. But look, you got to put them in. You got to put your toe on them. But yeah, it just it just makes me laugh that there was a period of time where we had like Stuart Pearce and Ian Rush and John Bards in the side, and, and Pearcey obviously mm. was a good signing. It's but like the you, other two were just a bit of a fucking joke. It's f- getting the band back together, it is. But a band that were never together in the first place. <laughs> awful, awful, awful signings. Uh, and uh, yeah. And uh, but Ian Rush, you don't really see Ian Rush um, do much punditing. No, I wonder you where, don't. what he's up to. But I, I still feel that he could have done the punditry he did when he was a much younger man. So I don't know what's, <laughs> what's going on there. So am I right? Yeah, a lot from John Barnes, and I think he lets himself down a lot. Yeah, but he, who am I? What am I to well, uh, say? Quite, he's a very divisive <laughs> character, isn't he, yeah. John Barnes? But so a Barnes and Rush going in with Jeremy is that what I'm to to extrapolate from this? Barnes, Jeremy, yeah, and then yeah, Rush up top. Yeah, I think that's right. That's, so that's, it's not look in their prime. With the possible exception of Jeremy, it's it's not a bad little side. But I want Ian Rush at the thirty-five, and I want John Barnes at thirty-three. <laughs> and those are just... my demands, and you will you will have to take. I, them. I've got no choice, mate. I'm hamstrung. <laughs> here. So, would you, are you are they in there so you can just shout at them? Yeah, again, this is manager. very cathartic for me. I have yeah. no other out, outlay in my. I have no other output in my uh, life. I have no other, uh, you know, reason to be screaming at grown men. Yeah, that just, I don't really know that well. I love that. Just going up to Ian Rush, Ian, you've missed a sitter there at thirty-five. <laughs> Imagine what you'd be like at 58. There's absolutely no way that you'd be any better at this. And in fives, you're not allowed in the box, so up yours, are yeah. you? Oh, yeah, he's, he's useless there. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, One of Wales's greatest strikers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, as I said, I'm going to put two uh, keepers in. in. Um, and my first is going to be the crazy person that is Sir Lionel Perez. Oh, wow. Do you have a Lionel Perez? I, I have to say that I do not. A wild, wild man signed from Sunderland. Uh, I don't think he ever played a match, um, but he was certifiably insane. <laughs> it was just, he just had, he, he, when he would play in like uh, cup matches or priesties and friendlies, he was wonderfully mad. It was very enjoyable. In what sense? What would he, what would he do? He's just a wild man. It was just like, he, he, was, he, was, he was the man who uh, obviously um, received the Eric Cantona chip. He got lobbed against and yeah he 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 um and, and that's pretty much how he's known as uh, as a Newcastle player as well because he never actually dirted his boots for uh, for uh, for Newcastle but he was known as being a local maniac and I just I, I have no stories and I don't really want to get into them but he was known as a, a as a local uh, a maniac and I like I, that I, I like the, the I like the modern eccentric I like the modern eccentric footballer and uh, Lionel Perez. Um, again, never played a single match for Newcastle United in in the Premier League. But uh, yeah, I, I'd like him because he's quite, wonderfully short. Is he's he, got nice hair. Is he well like? Is he well regarded among the Newcastle fan base for that reason? No, 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 no. He's universally unthought of. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when just someone like you must have players for Arsenal that would never did anything, never did any great shakes, just 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 did the odd thing. Was signed, had a contract. At yeah. some point, received a P forty five slip. You always sort of you always sort of forget that players are on some like you know. Remember when they had that um pay, um pay slip for some of the Liverpool footballers? Yes, about five years ago, and it was obviously and I think maybe Tevez as well. I think and either way they had like either way they had like um pay slips for some of the, some of the footballers. They're all paid by backs. Yeah, you'd think they'd be like independent contractors the way that football clubs treat them. Well, uh, does that does that at least mean that it's harder for them to be a bit naughty with the tax? Yeah, maybe, probably, maybe. Probably a good thing yeah. we should be, we should well, be happy well, about. They, well, well, this year apparently um, more um, footballers have been investigated for tax infringements. It's than... the old image rights thing, isn't it? Is it right? Yeah, okay, that's, right. Uh, that's what they're investigating. It's like are players 
paid a suspicious amount for their image, image rights, rights compared, compared to, to their wage if they are, say, like a championship left back. For because example. that would be it's taxed at a lower that would be rate. Taxed at a lower rate because yeah. oh, it's complimentary. I, I, that's very, very interesting. Mm. Don't name the championship left. Back. I will not. I'm obsessed with the fact that um, footballers are now hawking their data because oh, obviously, right. really? obviously, data is. Um, the bedrock of uh, betting companies and video games and, and scouting networks as well. Dystopias. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, these stats obviously um, are valuable, like all of our data is. You know, we, we, we're sold to all the time on our Facebooks and our mm. Twitters and stuff like that, and that's how share prices work. You know, our, our data is a commodity now. And um, footballers and footballers' agents are getting wise to the fact that, right, okay, you've tracked Kylian Mbappe's data for a whole season and you know that you're doing this and you're doing that and 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 obviously uh, the 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 opters and, and and the big companies of the world are obviously making money off the back of recording this data observing data uh, it is very kind of it's an interesting kind of like metaphysical maybe kind of like a conceptual idea that you're yeah. allowed to that, that that some footballers should have some stake in their own data their own performance somebody yeah, watching someone it. do it it's like going uh, Pete ate a battered sausage from the from the fish shop downstairs, as did Jim. And if that if that data is valuable to someone, um, our sausage munching, yeah, <laughs> prowess, it, it, we should we should have a piece of that Absolutely. and allow us to buy more sausages with Com- that money. Completely, definitely. You know what? You've sold me on that yeah. completely because I I've, I feel like we're doing all the work there. Yeah, we're eating our sausages. We're killing ourselves. It's the, we've got it, enlarged hearts. It's the aim with big data to be able to model the future based on the past. I think so. Yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, every you know, betting markets, the markets themselves, they're all about what happened last time and what's going to happen in the future. Even though we are doomed to repeat as mm. as civilization, but the data never lies. Uh, and so, obviously, um, you know, a lot of football, the football teams themselves are built on on on, a, on big data and the use of them um, and the a- analysis of them. So, footballers, um, it's not about taking the, the the data away from anyone. It's about going. I need a slice of this pie because mm. I don't care how many moves I have in my career. I would like imagine having like access to like Pele. You know, Pele would try and monetize it because he, yeah. he loves a pound note. But like Pele's data through all of his career, Romario's would be uh, an eye opener. Presumably, it surely he, would. He scored so many goals off the books, so Apparently, to speak. Yeah, a lot of his uh, goals were image right based. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my image scored them, so I yeah. want double money for that. Actually, yeah. please. Um, I, this is clearly Lionel Perez. It's so little. We're, <laughs> no we're data. talking about data No now. data. No signal. <laughs> Wi-Fi not there. Wi-Fi not there. So is he... I mean, How are you doing this with the two goalkeepers thing? Is, is one of them going to be on the bench? Or like... Lionel Perez will definitely be on the bench. Well, because <laughs> I don't know where you've got room, though, because obviously, oh. you, you know, you've got five play. I suppose you could put yourself on the bench um, right. as well. Right. Um, but you might have to have two goalkeepers out on the pitch if you're going to pick two. Yeah, but, okay, I mean, it'll well, rotate, fine. but yeah, it's fine. Again, it? I, so, I think it'll be fine. But, but, but I mean, my main goalkeeper, uh, we'll get to him. Uh, again, I, I'm only picking very underwhelming um, performers for Newcastle. Yeah. John Burridge. Budgie. The oh budgie man. God, the budgie yeah. man. The budgie man. Of course man. he played for Newcastle. Of course he played he did. for everyone. He played didn't for he? everyone. Well, he, he, he was born in 1951. Newcastle brought him as brought him in as backup to pa- Pavel Sanchez at the late great Pav uh, in 1994. Wow, he was in his well into his forties. But he was uh, he di- he didn't play in the top flight. In in, in 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 he played for in FA Cup matches. He nearly lobbed. Did he nearly lob Mike Mike Cooper? I'm thinking Mike Cooper loved him. I'm fairly certain I saw John John Burridge in a in a, in a Newcastle kit. He was, he was quite the size. Um, but he um, 
he didn't play in the top flight for Newcastle, but he did play in the top flight for Manchester City after leaving Newcastle. Wow. In at 45 or something like that. How times have changed. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? I suppose he paved the way for Shea Given. But... Yeah. In, in a sense. <laughs> Just the endless career. I mean, his career is ridiculous. I'll, I'll, I'll slam through it as quick as I can. Um, no, I, I don't think he scored any, any goals. Um, so that, that's fine. That bit's fine. Started in 1969. Uh, uh, he's currently at Kerala Blasters uh, as the goalkeeping consultant. Goalkeeping I love it. Coach. Yeah. Still there. Yeah, 5 foot 11. Well. Doesn't even break the uh, six, six, uh, uh, six foot uh, mark. He was um, He's 68 uh, as it stands. Um, turning 69 this year. He played for Workington, Blackpool, Aston Villa, Southend, Crystal Palace, Queen's Park Rangers, Wolverhampton Wanderers, uh, Derby County, Sheffield United, Southampton, Newcastle, Hibs, back to Newcastle, Scarborough, Lincoln, uh, Enfield, Aberdeen, back to Newcastle, Dunfermline Athletic, Dunbarton, Falkirk, Man City, 94 to 95, four appearances. Notts County, Witten, uh, Albion, Darlington, Grimsby Town, Gateshead, Northampton, Queens of the South, Perfleet, Blythe Spartans, Scarborough, and then back to Blythe Spartans, ending his career in 1998 as player manager. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then he went out to uh, manage in uh, the Philippines. He just sounds like he's had a very um, full life. Uh, I find him endlessly fascinating. Mm. He's clearly written his own uh, Wikipedia page as well, which is very enjoyable. <laughs> Unusually for a player in the 1970s, 1980s and 1990s. Uh, keep going, mate. Uh, Burridge was a teetotaler. He also went against the grain with his diet. These are all, they've got the little numbers next to them, so they're all oh, from scientist. the same source, which is his autobiography that he released in 2011. Uh, in the 1970s, Burridge noted players would eat steaks or even fish and chips for pre-match meals. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that from the fish and chip boys. Absolutely not. Uh, whereas uh, Burridge, studying sports science and the diets of African tribesmen, sensing something wasn't right with the way footballers generally fueled and refueled, finding fault with the time of their fueling, would carb up with quick meals like baby food, pasta and potatoes. He'd drink glasses of water instead of baby a cup of food. tea. I know. Yeah, but baby food is quite big in the footballer community. Yeah, totally in, makes in sense. Night, to be fair. He, um, yeah, perplexing the people of the time period. Burridge would also make fruit smoothies before many had considered the concept of blending fruits for nutrition <laughs> who is this witch doctor <laughs> blending uh, the fruits for nutrition how is he still so massive <laughs> we had kiara we blended fruit for crying out loud john um yeah in the 1980s on winning runs warming up he'd do somersaults to entertain the fans which burridge noted would, was frowned upon by the echelons in the game though burridge did not care for their sentiments or their belief as to what the correct way to warm up was he was also the first uh, goal pe- goal, one of the goalkeepers, uh, first goalkeepers to use latex gloves. He would later intru- introduce Peter Shelton and Pat Jennings to latex gloves. John Burridge writes on Wikipedia, but I'm glad he has yeah, because it, it's an interesting little tale. I love it when people talk about what a maverick they are. <laughs> yes. Like someone else should say it. Really, Those pen pushes up and city all don't like my somersaults. <laughs> they shove it on their asses. Blender. <laughs> You're gonna blend some latex. Yeah, I'm gonna you know? do. I'm gonna do both at once in the next game. See how they like that. <laughs> Oh wow! So yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be he's in gonna there. be in bins for me. Incredible! What a, what a career! And I hope he lives to a ripe old old age. Yeah, he's, he is one of those players that like um, just everybody has a lot of affection for because he was almost like uh, I think he was a proper gun for hire, wasn't he? I'm sure he'd hate that. Yeah. Um, but it it did seem that way. He seemed to just keep popping up. Well, he broke the every hun- few years. He broke the hundreds in uh, hundreds of matches in Blackpool and uh, and Sheffield United. Wow. Um, 67 um, appearances uh, in the early 90s and, and late 80s for Newcastle as well so he he he's won this I mean what's, what's his total appearances 768 apparently which is you know not inconsequential 
Um, especially as he made most of those appearances in his thirties and forties, yeah. it seems. So yeah, in the incredible, uh, incredible performer. And uh, again, he's got a, a, a little bit of my heart dedicated to him, hmm. so to speak. So you've picked five players, three of whom you're angry with, <laughs> two of whom are goalkeepers. Um, so <laughs> that leaves you your sub, who who it can't be a footballer. Right. Oh, I thought I had one footballer left. No. Where's Paul Dugley's going to fucking go, you you bastard? Well, you picked two goalkeepers is where your football has gone. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny Kenny Dugley's signed his own son for Newcastle United, who were a good team at the time. He can watch then. He can watch. All right. Okay, fine. Fine, fine, fine. Can we have Alex Bruce? No, (laughs) he can't be a footballer. God, you're a maverick, Donaldson. Mr. Motivator. Oh, yes. Come on. That would be amazing. He's probably got a, he's probably got some sweet left and right pegs on him because he's obviously been uh, he's been uh, uh, motivating most of his life. Jules has actually said I was mentioning Mr. Motivator on the WhatsApp group, and Jules actually pointed it pointed out that uh, I think he's got family in Jamaica, and he um, she said that he uh, on the way to Jamaica um, started doing like this big kind of like speech and then a workout. To everyone on the plane, and everyone was working out in their seats. Mister Motivator, imagine if you never you did you didn't know England at all, yeah, and you're just a Jamaican block on a business trip, going, "Why is this man doing this? Why is he why wearing is a bandana? Why is he in? Why is he wearing a kind of spandex? Lycra, yeah. If you don't and know who Mister Motivator is, mm. it's, it's hard, quite hard to explain, isn't it? He was a guy that would just pop up on morning TV, like mm. with a, a, extreme regularity, just you, like. Doing workouts and telling you to believe in yourself. You kind of had to. Sweet. I think back in like the eighties, you kind of had to have those characters. It was a very, very American thing to have, wasn't yeah. it? It was like you had to have someone to get, um, like perhaps the older generation who were, you know, getting up and, and watching a bit of kind of like um, shiny floor uh, kind of TV uh, to get up and, and, and at them. It was like a health initiative, like a governmental health initiative. In this point, <laughs> it, it, it manifests itself in a man who's just shouting yeah. at you. Um, in a, in a happy way. way, in a happy way, with a, with a bum bag. Well, like Joe Wicks, bag. wasn't he? Yeah. He was like a precursor to Joe Wicks. I would in a lot prefer, of ways. Why isn't Mister Motivator doing his thing? Doing his thing. I would imagine on it's YouTube because his muscles are creaking. <laughs> he probably screams when he gets up. <laughs> I'm too motivated. I've been. I've motivated all my life. Sixty-seven years old. Incredible, John Burridge-esque. Yeah. Fantastic. Six, Sixty-seven years old, and uh, obviously I've just googled that. Googled that, and the first video that comes up is uh, one of his workouts from the seventh of April. 2020. Yes. So he's still going. He's still going. Come on. Still motivated. Has he got a paunch? No. I just, I just can't actually. see it. Derek Although Evans. He's, he's wearing a bum bag, so maybe he's doing that to distract from the paunch. Right. <laughs> yes, that's a, that's not a bad move. No, I'm going to have a, I'm gonna have a crack at that, to be honest. Just wearing a massive, massive I bum bag. Keep all, my, keep all my batter sausages in, <laughs> in the bum bag. <laughs> and, and no one will know. And in no winter, we, you could have like a backless bum bag that you could just pop your belly in and you could warm your stomach by the hot fat <laughs> and on the sausages. <laughs> That'd be lovely, that, I think. Yeah, but, yeah. Those days when your belly's too cold. <laughs> your belly never get cold. So, yeah, um, I salute um, Derek Errol Evans, a.k.a. Mr. Motivator. Mm. Well, I think so, that's yeah. a, a fitting way to end. A fitting, a fitting uh, way to end. To end anything. I was, I was watching a uh, video of a man in, I think, man, I think, I think it was in Manchester, up north somewhere, and he was doing, um, like, magnet um, fishing. So he'd be in a, he'd be next to a canal and he'd have this incredibly strong electromagnetic or like a, or a is it neon so how, how does that work then? Fling a magnet on a on a rope in in the river, pull out uh, an old Tommy gun from the thirties. Oh, or I thought you meant for fish. <laughs> I thought you meant like does <laughs> really the fish have to eat a, ma- yeah. like a magnet? A lot really of iron in that fish. fish. 
<laughs> a lot of your kind of like knowledge comes from like child's toys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm doing this fishing. Um, yeah, and when you put a fish in your hand, it curls up and tells you your fortune as well. <laughs> um, those little red plastic things. Yeah, he, he was um, doing this magnet fishing. He was pulling out like, because he's just pulling out old fucking hand grenades and old bombs and all. Yeah, you fucking scared knives. Where was this? Lots of knives. There's a man who does it all around the uh, UK. Right. I think it's in the Northwest. But he was, he was just, he was, I was watching because I'm a fan of him. I was just watching this man just pulling like metal bit of shit after metal bit of shit out of this, uh, out of this deep canal. And he, um, and Mr. Motivator just arrives and asks what this man's doing. <laughs> Demands to know. Like he's the ward or uh, like a mayor or something. What are you doing there? He's going, oh, I'm pulling, uh, I'm pulling shit out of the canal. Does he motivate him to carry on? Or does he motivate him to change his way? Maybe he just thinks magnets are cheating. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Can't use the natural attraction of physical metals. Yeah. Get in there. <laughs> Get, Get in, in there, there yourself. You lazy shit. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's taken a turn actually as to, to how we presented Mr. Motivator there. But there you go. He, mm. he, he'll live with it. He's fine. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for giving me, frankly, the most bizarre team I've ever <laughs> heard <laughs> in any context, Pete. Um, cool. And thanks you guys uh, for listening to Ramble On, and we'll see you all later. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.